Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie Dean. Today, we're talking... Hot dogs. That's right, baby. America's favorite dog. It's gotta be. <laughs> For those of you keeping track, have we talked about sausage before? Yes. Have we talked about hot dogs before? <laughs> sure, in passing. Sure, in passing. In passing. I can't think of a day that's gone by where I haven't said something about hot dogs. <laughs> I mean... You have to love them. I mean, I don't trust somebody who doesn't like a hot dog. I will always, if it's hot dog versus hamburger, I'll always pick the burger, but the, the hot dog is always fine. Well, the, okay, so like when you have a cookout, you have one of both. You do have one of both. First of all, having two hamburgers is no. just too much. Yeah, it's too it's much. It's too much. Everybody agrees. You get in pig mode. Sure. And you you decide, I want a little more. I've done that many a time. And you were like, all right, hot dog. It's hot dog time. And hot dogs Puffing hot dogs, baby. Chowing them down. So the deal with the hot dog is you got to grill it. Other preparations? I like them however I can get them. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I'm not a purist. I think however you can burn a hot dog. <laughs> Probably fine. There's something about the the heat level. And you mentioned a while ago, Natalie, that like when you're microwaving stuff, you're a torture. Yeah, you I like really, to it. You really torch the stuff. And when I was a kid, and I would say when I was a kid was the main time I ate hot dogs. When I was a kid and I was left to my own devices to make hot dogs, I would always put that sucker in there until it was gnarled. Well, yeah, then you get like that nasty like slim jimmy kind of effect like your your dog gets shriveled man and it kind of like concentrates the flavor i think we may have covered this in the sausage episode or perhaps when i was talking about how i like to burn it but there's a few treats as delightful as the absolutely incinerated breakfast sausage <laughs> like styrofoam blackened breakfast sausage <laughs> I like, you know, if I'm going to go there and have that kind of unhealthy meat, I want to put it in the microwave and come back. And when I come back in, the first thought in my mind should be Chicago is burning. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's definitely meat in the air, but there's also something else. Carbon. Incinerated meat. Free radicals. Yeah, right. Like state. Aerosolized pink salt. Yeah, level <laughs> level 3A carcinogens. Just like everything. Ambient, yeah. So, Natalie, exactly. Tell me, what is a hot dog? A hot dog is a food consisting of a grilled or steamed sausage served in the slit of a partially sliced bun. And you can also say the hot dog is just the hot dog. The dog of the hot dog. Just the tubular guy, you can say that he's just a hot dog. dog. Or the preparation is a hot dog. The dog is the hot. <laughs> So, like, if you have a naked hot dog, just, like, pull it out of the bag yeah. and, like, yeah. wag it, that is a hot dog. If you put it in a bun, it is a hot dog. If you slice it up and put it on top of your macaroni and cheese, is it a hot dog then? Or is it a different entree? I feel like hot dog is the food where nothing matters. <laughs> I really think when you get to the point of eating the hot dog, you don't need any kind of semantics. You're just feeding yourself. You know, I saw my mom a couple weeks ago, and uh, we hung out with her for a couple days. Uh, I mean, we see her we see her pretty often, but uh, our power was out, so we went down and visited. And we were all eating together, and she said, you know, a lot of the time, it just doesn't matter. I just need to eat something. I just need to eat some kind of food just to keep my body going. <laughs> 
And it made me realize that definitely had that opinion when I was a kid and a teenager. It was just when you look at photos of people from back then, right? I have this huge theory. When you look at photos of people from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, almost everybody, they're not in good shape because people were drinking insanely and just roasting cigs all the time. Right, right. Just eating pure cancer out of unadulterated Tupperware and stuff. Right. But they they were skinnier. Everybody back then was like a skinny little kid, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened, but everybody is fatter now in a way where everybody is. So it's clearly something happening. It's not a tale of personal responsibility. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's clear that something has happened because also if the CDC says that 66% of Americans are overweight or obese, then maybe you are assigning those words wrong. Right. I have a theory that the food back then just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. Maybe if you like, what is the dream scenario? 1979, you are eating fantastic food, right? Mm -hmm. Where are you doing it? Are you in New York at a fancy restaurant? My mental picture, even if you went to a fancy restaurant in New York in 1979, would be they would give you a cut it off half of a fish and they'd pour a bunch of white sauce on it or something. Right. I feel like even the good food was nasty then. You know what my honest to God opinion is? I think that the 50s and the 60s and the 70s is when the corporations were training us to eat shit. Absolutely. And so people were skinnier because they were just starting to integrate these factory foods into their diet and started making them a more central part of their diet and maybe initially people didn't like go hog wild on it because it was probably nasty. <laughs> I mean, the original tin cans were made of tin. Right, yeah. right. And so I think that part of the reason that we are so fat now is because people eat so much more processed food and all of those processed foods are made in a way that is imbalanced and artificial and will never result in you being satisfied from eating it. So you will just continue to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. I think that's completely plausible. And also, there are many areas in virtually every city across America, if not the world, where the only thing you have in your neighborhood is a convenience store. And the only thing you can get there, if you're lucky, you might be able to get an apple or banana, but everything else is just wrapped up in plastic. Right. And everything in those kind of convenience stores and little shops you could pop into if you live in a food desert, all of that processed food, like even if you know that it's not great for you, if you don't have a lot of money to buy food, you want to buy food that isn't going to go bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so people are forced into buying this shit. I think that any discussion of how fat Americans are and telling us that we're fat little piggies and that we're bad little boys and girls for eating too much needs to come along with a suggestion of maybe opening some places in food deserts in American cities where people can buy fruit and vegetables and fresh eggs and lean meat. Right. And, and bread and rice, you know, normal stuff that humans should eat. Right. And make it so like chicken doesn't cost like $11 when you can go to 
the feeding seed and get a baby chick for a nickel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's a very big disconnect with, like, the prices and a lot of stuff. Well, right. And also, there's so many inefficiencies in the food system that if you buy a chicken, it may have come from a chick in Texas that was then trucked up to Montana to be grown into the full chicken and then trucked to Virginia to be slaughtered and then trucked to a warehouse in Indiana and then trucked to your grocery in Ohio. Right. Or you would get like uh, some pork that was raised on the East Coast and then slaughtered in the middle of the country and then they ship the fucking pig to China to fucking butcher it and they send it back. Yeah, because for quite some time, the price of labor to do that overseas had such a discrepancy with American labor costs that they just said it was cheaper to ship the carcasses over there and do it and ship the meat back. Right, right. Which is insane. Disgusting. It's insane that you have like 12,000 miles of diesel fuel <laughs> baked into any pork chop you ever That's eat. That's why you don't fucking ever buy meat that isn't like as local as you can manage. Yeah, I it's mean, just if, disgusting. if you can, if you can, if you can afford it and if it's available, sure. And this all brings us, Natalie, to the most disgusting food product of all time, the hot dog. It's not true. Hot dogs are delicious. Hot dogs are a testimonial to man's ingenuity and it uh, respects the life of the animal that was killed by using every little bit of it. Now, when I was growing up, they always said that the pig asshole and the pig feet and stuff went into the hot dog. Is that true? In, in a hot dog, I'm not talking about some authentic hot dog at some whiskey bar called like Raven 7. Mm-hmm. Well, the list I have is like very vague. It says meat trimmings and fat. So do you consider asshole beef the trimmings? Yeah, yeah. The leftover bits. Yeah. Separated meat, pink slime, meat slurry. But guess what, bitch? If... You could feed me a pig's asshole and I'd be like, that was delicious. Give me another one. Then guess what? Who gives a shit? Well, it's more moral than throwing half of a pig in the in the landfill. Well, we've said before that capitalism uses all the parts of the animal. It's true. But that's like one of the only honorable things it does. And so I was talking about this with a buddy the other day because we were dogging out. And he's like, you know, I remember when we were kids, I remember that hot dogs were almost always made of pork. Mm-hmm. And see, Seems like they're all made of beef now. I think it's because people just got turned off of pork or something. I don't know. I think maybe the pork lobby fell through. Maybe we should look for pork hot dogs and see if there's any different. Or maybe do pork hot dogs, are those the ones that have the natural casings? That's one thing I can't get with. I have not bought a hot dog with natural casing ever, but that's because I know nobody else is going to eat them. Every time I have ever got a hot dog and then I bit into it and it had natural casing, it makes me want to die. It's like the worst hot dog. Awful hot dog. I don't want to crunch it. I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Mm-mm. I don't I don't mind it at all, but every time when we're watching some kind of food television and the host bites into a hot dog and they're like, yeah, that's when you get that snap. Every time you're just like, <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I don't ever want my meat to be crunchy. That is like a definite turnoff for me. I wonder what that is. Is it just, you know that it's just some part of the animal you shouldn't be eating? Is that- I don't know. What don't you know. feel? Cause like I have very- Cause I don't like, I don't like squid and stuff like that either. You don't like octopus? No. Like octo- the little octopus arms they put on the sushi? No. no. Uh-uh. Okay. I okay. don't like the texture that have to bite down hard on it and texture. Like I love all kinds of seafood except for squid and octopus. Well, I don't mind the snap, but here's a question I have for you. So 
I'm sure originally hot dogs, they put them in the casing, mm-hmm. right? Which was, uh, what it's pig intestine, right? It's sheep intestine. Oh, so they actually use sheep? It was originally sheep intestine. That's like multi-animal. Yeah, and so if you get hot dogs without casings, then those are kosher hot dogs. Right. Because you're not supposed to like mix animals together, right? Isn't that part of it? I'm not caught up on all of the kosher stuff, but they have a lot of guidelines, and a lot of them seem to be rooted in like good historical reasons not to do certain things. Right. I mean, most of them are like, yeah, it's fair. Halal is the same way because halal is like when you have this meat, you have to handle it right and you have to be really clean when you're doing it. So halal is like, I mean, I don't know that much about that either. That's the same idea where it's like, yeah, if you read through it, it all seems to make. Right. It all seems to make sense. And it's better than the food restrictions they have here, which is just go to the grocery store and buy whatever they have and cross your fingers. Just Maybe you won't get E. coli from the strawberries. Maybe you won't get listeria, <laughs> listeria. from the ice cream. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe you won't get some kind of shit disease salmonella from the spinach everything is fucking disgusting i'll tell you one thing you know i feel like i have eaten a billion hot dogs in my life and i still have a bias against them to me in my head it's still a gross food there's absolutely nothing gross about it they cook the hot dogs Mm -hmm, right the hot dogs are cooked so so here's what i was going to ask you if you have a hot dog and it's not in the sheep intestine when you get the hot dog it's still its own little guy. Yes. It doesn't like fall apart after you take it out of the plastic. It has been encased somehow. It's probably like some kind of like binder or something that makes it nice and perfect. Okay, so what they do is they have these tubes that are made of cellulose, right? And so they'll blow them full of liquid dog, I suppose. And then they cook them inside the skin and then they rip them out. Okay, and then the cellulose, you don't get the cellulose. No, That's just no. like the factory floor. Yeah. So you never worked at Arby's, did you? N- no, thank God. <laughs> I I had I had friends that worked at Arby's and uh, there was always this rumor and it just I mean it seemed to make sense to me but I was told as like a teenager that at Arby's what they would do is they they had their big lumps of roast beef that they put on their slicer to make the Arby's with right mm-hmm and I was told as a kid that they fill those bags up with liquid. Like I was told this by everybody. Mm-hmm. Like everybody, everybody would refer to it and everybody knew that the bags, they would fill them up with liquid and then they would cook the liquid in the bag and it would turn into a lump of roast beef. Right. Is that true? I don't know if it's true or not. I've heard people say it's not true. I've heard people say it was true. I've had Arby's before, and the stuff that is on the sandwich is not something I would recognize as being roast beef. It definitely has a very processed food vibe to me. Like, to me, roast beef is a lump of beef that is sliced, and you can see, like, the texture of the muscle and the various parts that you would normally see in a piece of meat. But the Arby's stuff always has had, like, a very deli meat kind of quality to me, where it is always very, very uniform, and it has that kind of fine texture like a hot dog. Yeah, fine grain. If it is not in a bag, liquid in a bag, when it shows up at the restaurant, it was liquid at some point. I It just always seemed to make sense. And then I, I think I was told later as an adult, I think it was mentioned to me. Somebody said, no, that's not true. That's a, that's a legend. But I want to know how they got the beef to be just like sheets of rubber. Well, I mean, I think that if they do not have the bags that they have full of liquid and then the Arby's people cook it and then it solidifies into beef, then it is absolutely pink slime 
slime in a bag before they do that operation in the factory. Maybe they cook the lumps in the factory and then they bag it up and when you get it, it's solid. Yeah. Sure. I, sure. I mean, I will allow that if it's not true. Sound off in the Discord. Did you work at Arby's? Let's put this to rest. I want to know. And and I had a friend that worked at Arby's, and I feel like they could, they could neither confirm nor deny it. I got the sense at the time, although I was imaginative, that perhaps the meat handling was done by, like, a specialized need-to-know basis type crew. Right, right. That's, that's like a manager's job. Yeah. The managers always do the stuff that is most expensive. Like, fucking up an entire loaf of Arby loaf would probably be an expensive thing to write off on your numbers at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the time I worked in a sub shop, we would make our own roast beef, but we would start with a beef. Oh. It was like a regular beef you would get at the supermarket. It was raw, and then you'd have to follow this list of what to do. When I worked at Subway, I worked at Subway twice, not just once. I went back for more. No, oh, graduate sandwich artist Returning victory lap. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking go. When I worked at Subway, it was when they still had excellent roast beef. They used to have the most fucking delicious roast beef, and it was pink. And it was so tasty that I would just sit in the back room of Subway and just eat it with my fingers. <laughs> why Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I am like a sucker for antipasto. <laughs> That's such a great way to look at it, too. Subway was, like, the worst place for me because I was just like, I'll just take that piece of pepperoni. That one's for me. One for me, one for you. I get a pepperoni, too. Give me that pepperoni. <laughs> Give me a salami. <laughs> That's how I ate for the entire year when I was, like, 19 years old because I didn't make enough money at Subway to eat, so I just, like, grazed at Subway. Well, there's... There's no other way to feed yourself when you're like 19 or 20 than you have to, you have to have a route to free food. Right. Pretty much. Your job has to be like a free food job. I mean, the only time I was ever eating good when I was like 19, 20, 21 was uh, as soon as they rolled out the self-checkouts, I just started, everything I bought was bulk peanuts. Right. I would buy bags of dried apricots. They were supposed to be, and at the time in the 90s, they were supposed to be seven eight nine dollars a pound raisins <laughs> you know the game you know the game i mean after i i got emboldened by that i was like well shit ain't nobody looking i mean you could go through the regular line and you could just put the wrong code on it and the person would type it in and it wasn't that there was anything wrong with them it's just they didn't care either why would they care <laughs> no one cares why would they care just don't go through the old lady they're not lady. respected by their job if their job yeah. respected them and treated them like a human being and gave them enough money to live off of, then that person standing at the counter would be like, hey, don't do that to my employer. They take good care of me, and you're trying to give them a shaft. The employer treats them with disdain, and so why would they ever respect? Yeah. I would yeah. always give people free shit all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Have I ever fucking rang up a drink at Subway? Probably not. <laughs> The only catch is you can't go in the old ladies line, and I'm not being sexist. You just never see an old guy working at the local grocery in the checkout That's line. That's because all the old guys are dead. Completely plausible. <laughs>
actuarially correct as well. They tend to die four years younger than women. Isn't that the, isn't that the case? Rest in peace, I guess. Uh, but it's always an old lady. And, and if you hit the wrong old lady, the old lady, like maybe she's retired already. She's and she's She's just doing it for funsies. And she feels the need to make sure you're not cheating the grocery store. Yeah. Like, oh, these are not raisins. These are obviously macadamia nuts. <laughs> What other business would a 19-year-old have eating a pound of macadamia nuts? This is not This is not going to happen any other way. Right, right. I've only been reprimanded for eating straight from the bulk bins once. I was at Fresh Market, which is this grocery store that it, maybe it's still open somewhere. Ours closed. And I was just walking along. It really, I mean, obviously things have changed in the past couple of years, but I got comfortable enough eating stuff out of the bulk bin that I would just dispense it in my hand and eat it. Literally nobody ever stopped me. <laughs> and uh, some lady, I, I think she was a manager, was like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you can't just eat that. And I was like, oh, I forgot I'm not supposed to. <laughs> like, I really, it, honestly, I didn't tell her this. I was like, oh, really? My bad. But for real, I was like, I plum forgot. <laughs> just in my mind, this is what I do when I go to the grocery. Right. They got me back though. One time I went to that same store and they had these big bulk coffee bins. You could get coffee for cheap, right? Either they switched the labels or they mislabeled them or their supplier got them fucked up or something. But I bought a big bag of decaf coffee and I went home and I drank it for two days and I thought I was dying. I thought I had the flu. Yeah. I wasn't getting any caffeine. I know. That's when I started when I would go to the store. I'd only get the Jamaican Peaberry Dark Roast because the beans were like two-thirds the size of a regular bean and they were also the very very dark roast and so they were teeny beans and they were very 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 dark and they looked different than all the other beans and they didn't have a decaf version of it yeah that's smart I like the problem solve i'm a problem solver hell yeah anything i could do to automate shits to make sure that we don't have any problems i'm on it <laughs> You know what always happens to me? You know what always happens to me when I start living in hot dog land? What's that? Is pain. You're talking about painless? I have I have pain. And what'll always happen, I haven't done it so far. I haven't done it for a couple of years. But I will forget about hot dogs for a few months, maybe even a year. And then just one day I'll see a picture of a of a grilled up hot dog just glistening in the JPEG, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I could use a hot dog. Oh, I love a hot dog. And we'll get hot dogs and we'll start cooking hot dogs and then we'll add hot dogs to the list. The list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the official list. And we'll start getting hot dogs all the time and then I'll just start having pain every time I eat a dog. Pain. <laughs> What kind of pain do you get from the dogs? Well, inside. Not like is it a, emotional pain? Honestly, it's a little bit. <laughs> it is a little bit. I do get a little bit emotional about it because it's every, I feel so betrayed because that's why I always stop eating hot dogs because they get me fucked up. They give you ennui. <laughs> I'll tell you what I feel like is the emotion is betrayal that I thought I could trust hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we were having such a good time. No problems, no problems. And then, you know, one time you have the hot dog and you're like, oh, oh, my guts hurt. And then you don't want to believe it's the dog. So you're like, I don't know. I think I reached for something on a shelf. I think I was, 
I was leaning, I must have been leaning over weird earlier. The next morning you wake up, have a cup of coffee, have a hot dog, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> and you're like, coffee on the empty stomach, that'll get you. Even though you've done it every every other day of your life, you're like, oh no, that's the coffee. Right, right. And you also didn't have an empty stomach because you had a hot dog. <laughs> I just don't want to believe that the hot dog is going to do that to me. Well, you know what? I've never had a problem with a regular hot dog, but I'll tell you what always gets me fucked up is the Morning Star corn dogs. <laughs> I love all of the Morning Star stuff so much. I love the chick patties, the spicy chick patties. I like the corn dogs. I just like them all, right? But they get me fucked up every single fucking time. I will feel like I am bloated up bigger than a fucking Zeppelin. And it feels like my body is ripping apart. <laughs> Did you ever figure out what does it? It's, I think it's the soy or something. Because the chick patties do it too. You know what? You know how they make those corn dogs so good though? It's because a hot dog is barely real. Mm-hmm. A hot dog is like a dream and some chemical salt. Mm-hmm. And all they have to do is put the same chemicals in the fake one. It's right. basically the same. The same flavoring. I would go so far as to say I absolutely do not care for vegetable replacement for meat. I love vegetables. I eat tons of vegetables. I don't care what anybody in the world eats. You eat whatever you want to eat. It's all gravy to me. I'm happy for you. But I do not like vegetable replacements for meat. The impossible, the beyond. Yeah, I don't like that stuff. The bokeh, the veggie, the bean. It's its own thing. Most of those is basically like bad falafel. Just make falafel. Falafel's fucking great. Mm -hmm. But the vegetarian corn dog and the vegetarian hot dog are perfect. It's just like eating the real thing because the real thing isn't real. Right. I I like a lot of the meat replacements. I do not like the ones that are supposed to be like meat, like the Impossible Burger, where it just like has the beet juice and stuff, and it's supposed to look like meat and all that. I love a black bean burger though, and I love those field roast bullshits, those little sausage guys. W Y N G Z. Yeah, those guys are fucking really fucking good. Well, the thing is, here's the thing: if you're gonna go fake, just optimize the fake. Just Make a food that takes advantage of the sponge texture. The field roast stuff, you're not going to be convinced that that's meat. It doesn't taste anything like meat. It tastes like a plug of pure Thanksgiving stuffing. It is like a totally different deal than meat. And like with a black bean burger, it's not trying to be meat. It's just trying to be a patty on your sandwich. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Just have your beans and your beets and whatever else. Yeah. But also chick patties are delightful. They taste like the Burger King chicken sandwiches. I I used to eat the chick patties and the chick patties are much the same thing as the hot dog because they replicate the pink slime with what I imagine to be some sort of soy slime. Yeah. <laughs> Just the parts of the soybean nobody else wants. They've already squished all the soy milk out of it. Right. It's just like the husks and they form it into a chicken patty texture. You know when you get the soybeans and they're all like hairy, spiky, like you shaved your balls a week ago. Yeah. It's all that hair. That's what goes in. That's what goes into the chick patties. <laughs> it's just the ball hair of the soybean. Yeah. <laughs> so they say that you have to cook your hot dog, even though they cook the hot dogs when they make the hot dogs. Really? Yeah. So my understanding was that the hot dogs are cooked. Yeah, they are. But you also had to cook them twice cooked. 
What do they know that they're not telling us? I don't know. And also, they say you have to cook it to at least 165, which is a lot for a little guy. (laughs) So they're saying, look, there's a lot of pathogens in these. We cooked them, but you also better cook them. There are pathogens left in our hot dogs. (laughs) Come get some. Do you think that the reason the reason you have you have hot dog problems is that you're not cooking your hot dogs enough, maybe? Are you are you letting them slide down cold? Well So here's here's the thing. So I, I mentioned this earlier, but when I was a kid, I definitely, my relationship with food was weird. And most people's relationship with food is weird, okay? Because you were born into the world and you have to start feeding yourself and people give you stuff you do and don't like and you can never have enough of what you like and you have to have the stuff you don't like. This starts everybody's dysfunctional relationship with food. Mm-hmm. People can figure it out. People have coping techniques. People measure their diets. People try to explore different foods to eat. Your whole fucking life is like dealing with this with this problem. Everybody has this problem. It just comes out in different ways for different people. Mm-hmm. Feeding yourself is a really difficult task and it's basically never addressed in American society. It's basically like, figure it out, dipshit. Right. <laughs> and so when I was a kid, so my parents grew up poor and very poor and you know all my relatives also grew up pretty poor grew up uh you know on farms kentucky tennessee all over the place like that and so kids were always encouraged to eat i i was not forced to clean my plate or anything but kids were always just encouraged to eat as much as possible at the same time both of my parents worked And so they were not going to be making gourmet meals because they're at work all fucking day. I totally understand. So we would have a combination of Arby's. We ate Arby's a lot. And like uh, stuff where you got a box and it was like a little kit. Yeah. And you made whatever they gave you in the kit. Yeah. We had a lot of the tacos where you stir in the taco dust and stuff. And some of that was good, but it was just like, we didn't have any salt on anything because my dad kept having heart attacks. Yeah. And neither of my parents could taste anything because they were chain smokers. Yeah. <laughs> and so there were like a lot of there were a lot of things. And this is totally normal for America. This was not like an unusual situation. So I grew up, I didn't really like food. And I know that I would just I, I had to eat stuff, just like my mom said. I have to eat something. And sure, I didn't really get into even thinking that food was something that you could make to be good yourself. Right. Until I was in my 20s. And so I ate those, but probably the worst thing, the worst hot dogs I ever had. And you tell me if these count as hot dogs. Okay. Vienna sausage. Are they hot dogs? Did you ever have Vienna sausage? Yes. You say Vienna sausage, I can taste it. So can I. (laughs) It has such a specific flavor, those guys. There's seven in a can. I feel like when I used to eat Vienna sausages, I thought they were fine, but there's no way I would buy a can of Vienna sausages right now. There is no way that I could eat it now. I would have to be really hungry, and it would have to be a real situation where I knew I wasn't eating anything else for a while. 
Right. I used to just eat those nasty cans. Did you ever have the little Smokies? That was always a gourmet treat in my house when I was a kid. Are the little Smokies the cocktail wieners? The cocktail wieners with the little bits of cheese in them. We did not have the cheese wieners. The little smoky cheese wieners? Yeah, we would get those as a treat. And we would sometimes get the the cocktail hot dogs, and I don't I don't remember how they were cooked, but I remember one time we just had a bowl of them. We would get like um, let me try to think of what we would have with it. We would have like Kraft mac and cheese, and then boil a package of little smokies, and then divvy them up so we all had like six little smokies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine, like, the divvying up. Like, I I was lucky in that I had one sibling growing up. And if, honestly, I, I just very early on, I just never got involved in any of the divvy stories because we always, like, regardless of whether or not my relationship with food was healthy and regardless of whether or not what we were having was like good or not. Like we always had enough food. So whenever there was like the Divi story, I'd just be like, you do it how you want it. I don't fucking care. If I'm still hungry, I'm just going to go eat Vienna sausages. <laughs> and when I was a kid, there was at least four kids usually. And sometimes my mom would have like a boyfriend who also had a ton of kids. And sometimes we would have like six kids in the house or yeah. our, it was like a full house of people. But with the divvying, it was always like very serious and it was always like extremely fair. Like everyone had to do extremely fair. And when I think about it, it seems like similar to me to when I used to buy weed with some friend of mine. <laughs> And we would be like, okay, so we're just going to just get like a half ounce and split it, right? And so the way we would do it, so it was fair because we didn't have scales, right? So we would get a half ounce of weed and then we would get two paper plates and then one person would split the weed in between the two paper plates and then the other one picked what plate they wanted. Mm-hmm. That's so, genius. That's so genius. Everyone was happy. Yeah. You take yeah. it very seriously when it was your turn to split the weed up because you had to make sure that you didn't accidentally make one have more than the other one because then you were going to get the one with less. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's checks and balances right there. Right. right. I feel like the boys in Washington could learn a little something about that. Uh, you know what? I'm a very diplomatic person. People have told me I'm diplomatic. And I like to solve problems. The unfortunate thing is that I live in a patriarchy, so everyone always talks to me like I'm stupid. And also, like, this country is not cool enough for a pot-smoking Hesher occultist president. So you guys just got to deal with, like, me not running the country. Sorry. I mean, you know, you'd, you'd have my vote. Should that ever make it to the computers in Washington? <laughs> right. I think, you know, people wouldn't vote for me, actually. They would make fun of me on the news, and then I would not win the presidency. Oh, God. <laughs> I've thought for a half second, like, boy, it would be fun. What a romp <laughs> to run for public office. And I've thought that even running for... What? What is the smallest position? Even running for the treasurer of the coroner would be like... <laughs> be it. People would... They, they'd find people from fourth grade. <laughs> you said I kicked them or something? Right, right. They would get to the bottom of my life's history faster than I could. Uh, I had a relative 
I'm going to keep this story very vague. I had a relative in like the early 80s who was running for political office and he got dragged over the coals and he did not win the election because he got a divorce. And he had had a divorce and he was running for office in a really super Catholic area of the country. And so they were like, we don't want any part of the divorce. God. (laughs) (laughs) And he never ran for anything ever again. Who can blame him? Right. No, you don't. I mean, just imagine all the material we've given him. Drew Toothpaste eats his hot dogs cold. Is he going to eat America cold? (laughs) Do you really want to vote for a former sex worker whose plan for the alien invasion is to just start throwing punches? (laughs) Why is she even planning for that? Natalie D. called our system of government a patriarchy. Does she even know what that means? <laughs> Think about it. Like, I can't uh, imagine, you know, I feel like I've worked very hard and in, in studied and put in time and energy to doing the things that I want to do and sharing the things I want to share with the world. And I can't imagine anything I would be worse at than politics. Yeah. I love creation. I love the spectrum, right? I believe that you need to have all kinds of people. You need to have good people. You need to have bad people. You need to have people who are good at certain stuff and good at other stuff. And I think that the the patchwork of the world is beautiful. But at my very core, I am a misanthrope and a hermit and so i don't think i'm cut out for politics (laughs) did you ever see the bugs bunny where his eyes are closed and he's kissing his gun i don't think it's an official bugs bunny cartoon (laughs) (laughs) but he says lord forgive me but it's time to go back to the old me (laughs) i definitely feel First of all, I I don't want to think too hard about what it means to close the circle on your own life, but I believe I've definitely closed the circle because when I was a teenager, I just wanted to be by myself. I thought everyone was stupid and I thought the world was fucked. Right. Well, after decades of hope, donations, and voting, I think that everybody's stupid, the world is fucked, and I might like to be by myself. I've always liked being by myself. I've always enjoyed it quite a bit. So by yourself, in your hermitage, in the woods, Mm -hmm. far away, Mm -hmm. undisclosed location. Mm -hmm. Absolutely undisclosed. I'm gonna be straight up. I'm not gonna tell anybody where I'm going. Doesn't matter, nobody needs to know. If I tell you, you might come there. No thanks. If I tell you where I live, then it must mean I really like you. (laughs) So you're there by yourself in your hermitage. You have unlimited time, and assuming hot dogs are still affordable, you have unlimited hot dogs. Tell me, Natalie. Yes. Tell me some different hot dogs you can make. Because I basically, my hot dog repertoire is like hot dog, small hot dog, small red hot dog, small soft hot dog. That's the Vienna. Yeah. Then the little Smokies. Um, there is the bratwurst. I don't think I would call a bratwurst a hot dog. Nah, nah, brat. We all know what a bratwurst is. That's just a 
That's just a fatty kind of pale hot dog. Kind of looks like an old man's hot dog. I was on a float at the Bratwurst Festival once. Were you? Uh -huh. They really like it. You know, people are people are whiners about hot dogs and ketchup. I'm not even going to go into it. Eat what you want. You have my blessing. But I feel like Bratwurst people would be even more serious about making sure you put mustard. Mm -hmm. You would not put ketchup on a Bratwurst, I don't think. And that's why it's not a hot dog. Mmm. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's the truth. Bratwurst has such a like a complex flavor. It is not a hot dog, man. It's like, would you call Italian sausage a hot dog? No, no. I also would not eat Italian sausage raw out of the package. <laughs> right. So again, a bratwurst is not a hot dog. A bagel dog, which is a hot dog wrapped in a bagel. So is the bagel a, a cylinder and it's a differently... Sh I think it's like they take some bagel dough and they wrap okay. it around it. So, okay. I was trying to figure out if it was like a normal bagel and the hot dog was just the plug in the hole. There was just a small hot dog that was like uh, hourglass, oh, hourglass yeah. shaped that like fit directly <laughs> into the bagel hole. Right. And filled like, filled the dip. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh -huh. I think it's the other way. They make, they make a weird bagel. So the bagel's not good. The bagel's weird. The bagel's gonna be juicy with hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Juicy dog, man. Cheese dogs. That's when you put cheese on the hot dog. I think that's a hot dog. Honestly, if I was to have a hot dog, I would like a little cheddar cheese on it. My hot dog preference is cheddar cheese and ketchup. You know, I think if you're going cheese dog, I think to get the ones that have the pre-made cheese going through the middle, that would be a... No. That would be no. a no thanks, but I think if you if you do the classic move of cutting the hot dog and putting the cheese in the cut, like the old version of the Subway, mm -hmm. like the V-cut on the Subway, you just go in through the top. Oh, you can't do a V-cut on a hot dog. You have to do a regular cut for a hot dog and do it like and lay it, flay it out and then put the cheese on it. You could do anything you want to a hot dog. The hot dog is the food where nothing matters. I think if you wanted to do a V-cut on a hot dog, you could. Yeah, but then what are you going to do with that little teeny sliver of hot dog? You know, I feel like there's a lot you could be doing with a hot dog if you're willing to get out the exacto knife. Right. There's just so much detail work that could be done. It's just like when you have some old crappy car and you do you do the outside all up and you put the name. Like I saw a guy once with a duster. Yeah. And he had huge decals on the side that said duster. Like he thought the duster was really fly. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying you could do the V cut on the hot dog if you really wanted to. I think I might just be hungry. Yeah. I think I'm going into it. Yeah. I like I just honestly probably like to have a full bagel. A real bagel? See, I was also thinking, you know, you can cut a bagel and make a bagel sandwich. I was thinking round dog. That's bluey. <laughs> There's a uh, Chicago style dogs. I think Chicago style dogs are overly complicated. Again, it's like it's getting too far away from the simplicity of the dog. They pile a bunch of stuff on it. Now you're eating salad. Right. So yellow mustard, chopped white onions, green sweet pickle relish, a pickle spear, tomato slices, pickled sport peppers, and a dash of celery salt. There, that is too much stuff. The raw tomatoes, not necessary. 
No. It's not necessary. You Why never are you going to gonna... get uptight about ketchup and then go put some tomatoes on it? Raw tomatoes are one of the worst foods. And listen, I'm not talking about you go out on a beautiful summer day and pick an heirloom tomato off the vine. When you're getting a food service hot dog, those tomatoes they put on there, they're not going to be beautiful, my man. No, no. You're going to be sad. Ham dog. I've had a ham dog before. That's a hamburger on a hot dog bun. You know we do ham dogs. That's when you run out of hamburger buns. <laughs> I'm glad it has a name. But it's not a hot dog. No, it's made out of ground beef. It doesn't have any preservative salt and it's not formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Michigan hot dog, which is a hot dog on a steamed bun with meat sauce, usually referred to as Michigan sauce. Now, I like that. That is mysterious. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they don't tell you what's in it implies some degree of secrecy. Yeah. They have uh, hot dogs called rippers where they deep fry them and it makes the casings rip. I would like a ripper without the casing. I would like them to deep fry a casingless hot dog for me. We can do that. Do you want to do that? Sure. Do you want to do it? We'll get some oil together. <laughs> we'll source some oil. We'll buy some cold dogs. Uh-huh. We'll leave them out on the counter, warm them up. Yes, get them like room temp. Then we'll fry them. Temperature over 165. That's what the hot dog man said. Kill those pathogens we've left in there. Right. <laughs> you know how sometimes they say good bacteria, bad bacteria? Maybe the hot dogs have good bacteria on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's Probiotic why. Probiotic hot dogs. Now you're thinking. Right, right. Um, There is a Seattle style hot dog, which is with the cream cheese. Mm. I don't want it. Mm-mm. No, the hot dog place in town started doing that. Never touched that. No thanks. No, not into it. Did you know that during peak hot dog season, which we are in right now, which is from Memorial Day to Labor Day, people in America consume 7 billion hot dogs. They're just fucking slobbing hogs like fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I also want to say that they very laboriously described peak hot dog as between Memorial and Labor Day, a period usually referred to as summer. <laughs> I eat hot dogs in the wintertime because I'm perverted. Eating hot dogs after Labor Day. I honestly imagine anybody saying anything about doing something before Memorial Day or after Memorial Day or relating cultural occurrences or a dress code to like Labor Day. Like it just seems like the the most glib rich person on like the smallest island in Massachusetts just looking down their nose at you and being like, well... (laughs) You've had a hot dog after Labor Day. I see you were not raised right. Right. Get bent. I don't know what day it is. You think I'm going to play my dinner on the calendar? I don't even know what year it is, barely. I'm completely detached with reality. (laughs) You think your rules apply to me? You are incorrect. That is basically my entire credo. That is the code by which I live my life. If you think your rules apply to me, you are incorrect. Uh, so what did you learn today about hot dogs? They leave the pathogens in. I always thought, and in fact, I feel like I was told that the hot dogs are pre-cooked. You know, they really have faith in you. They they probably cook them and then dip them in the pathogens, like, as a little after thing. Like, the final touch. And then, like, the hot dog water in the package, that's probably all the pathogens. Oh! But they put it in there because they want to give us good self-esteem, and they believe that we could cook the pathogens out ourselves. And so they're giving us a chance to show that we really have what it takes to preserve our own well-being. You know, hot dogs are the biscotti of meat. Because biscotti... 
biscotti, you know, you make it, you make that little dough, and you cut it up, and then you bake that shit again, uh -huh. right? Well, you make a loaf of it, and then you slice it, and then you cook it again, yeah. Yeah, I, and just like, I mean, toast is like that, too. You have to bake the bread, and then mm -hmm. you have to make the toast. Sure. Hot dog is just a form of toast. Maybe that's what I learned today, because they cook it, and then you have to cook it again. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> It's not really as time-saving as you thought it was. Do you know who loves hot dogs? Uh, Corey Grella. I actually saw her at the grocery store, and the only thing she had in her cart was hot dogs. She had about 65 packages of hot dogs. Was it all the same, or was she mixing it up? Um, They were all the same. Only the very best hot dog. Just maxing out. Uh -huh. Dog maxing. <laughs> she had to have called the store ahead of time and special yeah. ordered them because she had so many. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, I opened a business account, you know, at the bank. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, what are the limits? What are the limits? Because I didn't know. Right, I just always assume they're gonna limit me, so I wanna figure it out so I can make them stop, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, if you want more than $20,000 in cash withdrawals on a day, call ahead. And I was like, that will not be a problem. <laughs> Corey Grella is the $20,000 in cash withdrawals of the equivalent of that for hot dogs at the grocery. Yeah, she called like, ahead. Call them in, get them off the truck, bring them out front, she's coming. Mm -hmm. And you know, where would you go if you wanted to have a nice day eating a hot dog? Uh, Harlem Township. You can get all your holes filled with hot dogs in Harlem Township. That sounds hard to beat, honestly. <laughs> I feel like Harlem Township is one of those places where, you know, you go to the park and they have those built-in grills yeah. just like bolted into the ground. You go there, they're actually clean. Yeah. I don't even know who cleans them, but it's just like you go there, so everything's a little better there. Yeah, everything's Air's perfect, a little yeah. cleaner. Uh -huh. Chicago's burning a little less there. Yeah. Uh -huh. Check it out. Harlem Township. Harlem Township. Well, if you haven't already, patreon.com slash garbagebrainuniversity. Listen to all the paid episodes you've never heard and join our Discord chat room where you can leave us suggestions for future episodes. Think about it. You should do it. Did someone suggest this one? No. No. So I think you suggested I it. I suggested it. I think you suggested me. it and I said, we've already done no. that. And I said, we haven't. We did sausage. And you're like, we talked about hot dogs and the sausage. And then I pulled the old notes from sausages up and I said, no, we did not. <laughs> Uh, that's the recap of our night. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. I love you. Goodbye.